Last time on Critnet, the group worked on defending the civilians of Hopal. Upon a large airship, Gaskar, Cruz, and Jerry, along with Xanadu Silanara, fought bravely against several Deodovan guards and a large bronzeman who rose to defend the ship down on the ground as the fracture cracked open the earth, releasing a menagerie of enemies on the fleeing civilians. Alanya, Parker, and eventually Humvalin party came to their aid and attempted to defend them. Creating a corridor out of the city, Alanya rose stone walls and allowed for many to escape unharmed. The guild members joined the fray and immediately made corridors of bullets and arrows to the sky. Parker, showing a fair amount of bravery, standing before a chimera before eventually taking it down. Humval getting a kill stolen by a guard who claimed it was his own. But... <laughs> but upon finally taking out the guards on the airship, Xanadu, Gaskar, and Jerry took the airship down. At the moment, have landed on the outskirts where the beasts have now stopped fighting the various uh, defenders of the city have begun to now just flood into the city, ignoring the civilians and the rest of the general populace. And it's at this moment we pick up. Everybody want to induce to themselves once again? Hello, everybody. Hi, I'm Elliot, playing the illustrious Humval. What's up? It's Lola. I am Alanya Omnithor. Hey, guys. This is Chris Cornish. I am Gaskar. Hey, y'all. This is James, and I am playing Cruz. Hey, everyone. This is Riggs, and your lovable Paka Prax. Boo. <gasps> <gasps> you get fixed. <laughs> get fixed again. No, I don't want to get fixed. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, no, the, the anti-vexer. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! No. Don't laugh at that. That was super low effort. That was good. It's the low effort that kills me. <sighs> it's the low effort that kills everybody. Low effort, much like driving. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and I am Sawyer Fisher, the DM of this wonderful adventure. This chaos. You mean chaos. Yeah, yeah, it's chaos. DM of this chaos. You say this chaos. This is actually a pretty good group, so. D- depends on how you look at it. Elliot just gave a, like, I think a sincere compliment. Uh, Can we all just revel in that for a moment? Elliot has a heart! GG. Yep, I think we should retire <laughs> right here, right now. <laughs> we've hit our peak, boys. We've we've peaked. We'll never get any higher than this. Uh wrap it up. Alright. Well, let's get into the world. You all now are on the airship on the outside of the outskirts of Popol. 
Around you, you see people shouting, screaming, men, women, children of all kind of species and races clamoring to try to get further and further away from Hopal. The guards and the various other guild members have formed a line. None of the creatures are attacking them, but they're still standing strong, waiting in case one of them gets an itchy trigger finger. Now, it's in this. Guild Lafta have now hopped onto the ship as well. You all hear something. A gentle breeze. Grow louder, louder, and louder. You see around you dust, the dirt around begin to be kicked up. And as it begins to swirl, you see it now running in a river around the city, right over the fracture. You see creatures of the flying volition being carried up by this further and further into the air. And you see this torrent begin to kind of rise up over the city walls. The airship kind of jolts to the side as a little bit of the wind hits the large air balloon over the top and shakes you all. From inside the city, you see rise a dark cloaked figure, the size of the city with the skeletal visage of the silvered shade comes crawling out of what would look like the middle of Hopal and stands above it all and looks down upon the fleeing masses, many of whom stop to look up and gawk at what they're seeing now. You see several small ones hide behind the people and they cuddle kind of underneath them, looking at this grand terror. Looking down, you all hear in a booming voice, the city has fallen. This is a warning to all people of this world. You have one here. This world will fall. I give you this one chance. You hear this echoing, the sound almost making your ears ache at its decibel. And as the visage begins to kind of fade, you hear and you see this large pulse from the inside of the chest of the silvered sage visage. This golden light kind of shines through and passes through and out towards the horizons. The creatures have been called. My army rises. If you do not, you do not deserve to keep on living. And at that, the sand and the dirt rises in a torrent and conceals even the massive visage of the shade. And you see it no longer. This massive twisting torrent continues without ceasing. What do you do? I think, Gaskar, um, at the moment that you said that the Silver Shades figure began to rise up out of the tornado, would have been using one of his spheres to record it. Okay. Do I see anything glowing flowing around in this torrent? <laughs> Make a perception check. <laughs> You know, I love the fact that you're reaching for this. <laughs> yep. That's a nat 20. I am natural 20. <laughs> All right. All right. You know what? Here comes some chaos. Right. Mm-hmm. I like you dice when I need you. You come through. All right, James, call it high or low. Uh, let's go high. Okay. Cruise. Looking out, 
keeping an eagle and sharp eye out, you see several weapons, an axe, a sword, suddenly three battle axes just swimming around in this. But you do not spy your precious sword. All right. It was a good try. Rolled a 19. Sorry. But I guessed it. No, you said hi. He rolled a percentile. Oh, I'm guessing. Oh yeah, percentile. Yeah. Yes, percentile. Sorry, nineteen <laughs> out of a hundred. Like, I was like, "That's great." No, what that's... are you talking about? <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes, no, that was apologies. Oh, there. Yes. Um, so I know me and Parker and Alanya were on their way back to the ship. Do we actually make it to the ship and on it? Yes. Okay. With with both of us on the ship, uh, Parker's going to run over to Alanya, grab her hand. We need to walk and talk now. As we're walking, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna just keep an eye out, like just kind of scan the crowd looking for my parents. Make a perception check. Hello, mom and dad. This is a knife here. Sir, good sir. That is a natural 17 with plus seven, so 24 for perception. That's definitely high enough. Peeking over the side, you actually managed to spy first Janice walking next to a very large, uh, well, <laughs> imagine like a dung beetle, but the dung is made up of a absolute menagerie of musical instruments as your father is attempting to shoulder roll a huge collection of them uh, <laughs> with wife to the left and Janice to the right. And you just see a literal piano, grand piano, being rolled along with trumpets, saxophones, <laughs> violins, everything just tied in this massive ball. Sorry, but that piano's gonna need tuned. <laughs> Almost certainly. But there is something else you notice with such a high perception. Your father is limping hard to his right. You see your mother trying to like coax him away from like doing this and keep him moving, but he is adamant using what you would see now as his single remaining arm to push her away in an attempt to continue to move this massive ball of instruments. So for the the most part, they actually look okay. Your father's missing an arm, but yes, no, they look all right besides that. Uh, Yes, Alanya? Does Parker point this out to Alanya, like where his parents are? Because I could possibly call Fluffy to grab them and bring them onto the ship. Upon seeing them, I probably would have been, I probably would have out loud said, good, they're okay. Well, oh, good, they're, they're, they're fine. Are they still down there with all the beasties? No, they are, they are in the crowd trying to push through. Many people are trying to get out of their way by this point. Okay, okay. Uh, they're about 100 feet to your left. Okay. Over the bow of the ship. Okay. Um, yeah, I guess Ilanya would have noticed that I was definitely looking out for something. Okay. What are you looking for? Oh, oh um, <coughs> my parents just making sure they got out of the city okay. Do you see them? I do. Do you see, do you see the big ball of instruments being rolled? Yes. My father. Can I call Fluffy to grab them and bring them to the airship? Because he's still alive. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm aware of this. Uh, yes, yes, you may. Okay. Do you just command him to do this? Yeah, I'm going to just let, like, because uh, can you, can I, te- do I telepathically let him know? You verbally let him know. 
Okay, I'm just gonna yell, uh, Fluffy, grab them! <laughs> so you're saying my parents are how far away? Hold on, you said my parents are how far? A uh, hundred. A hundred feet? Hell yeah. yeah. Um, I will use the cantrip message since the range on that is 120 feet and I'll shoot a message to my mother. There's gonna be a large living boulder <laughs> coming to get you. Just join the, them, or, or not join them. There's going to be a large boulder monster. Don't worry. That's 25 words. Okay. <gasps> There's a large boulder monster. Where? <laughs> where? I don't see it. Parker, where are you? Where are you? I just saw, I heard you, but I can't see you. Large boulder monster is only six words. Come on. <laughs> no, but it was, it was repeating it at the end of it that suddenly, you know, cost him most of it. Uh, whatever. He's remaking. Come on. <laughs> it's what magic. It's a cantrip. Hey, this is what the magic of post production is all about, Sawyer. Let him do a reset. That's a different magic. Pa I'm sorry. Post production is a magic that is not in game. <laughs> There's no word limit on message. There, that is, a, that there is, is a day long ritual. What? It should be a 20 minute. It's a 25 word. I'm reading this spell, man. I think you may be thinking of sending. I might be thinking of sending then. Okay. Well, this is the power of post-production. Continue <laughs> on, sir. No, no, no. We are leaving that in. <laughs> no, not in. Okay. <laughs> you well, left fine. I can fly in. You're leaving that in. <laughs> I can edit. He can edit. We can edit. <laughs> we can edit. We edit these. What have we been doing this whole time? <laughs> Yes, Parker. We edit these. DM says to poor little Parker Prax. The little goat man. All right. Well. So do you want me to retake that? Sure. Go for it. <laughs> Mother, it's Parker. There's going to be a large boulder monster coming to get you and bring you back to the airship. Do not be afraid. And do not allow father to bring all of those instruments with him. <laughs> Can she respond? She can, yes. Parker, sweet boy, your father right now has lost his arm and is still trying to push this ball. I fear if you try to remove it from him, you will have to wind up removing his other one. So it might just be best to pick up the ball of instruments with whatever thing you're sending to us and he will follow or wind up being attached to it. Alanya will see Parker let out a sigh. <laughs> <laughs> and I will look back at her. Can you have the elemental bring the sack of instruments, please? My father will not allow them to be left behind. I will, I will look at Fluffy and be like, grab the instruments. Our plans have changed. You see the large boulder on the top kind of crushed out and nod, uh, and it disappears into the ground. A hundred feet away, you see the ball of itch would suddenly lift a loud, What? No! As it begins to start being drugged <laughs> through the crowd now, everyone jumping out of the way, and you hear, No, 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 no! No, no, those are mine! Uh, drug up the side of the ship, your father, one arm, <laughs> still holding on to one of the ropes. You will not take the... Oh, hi, Parker. How are you doing? You look down, his arm is a nub right now and still constantly bleeding. Like he lost this recently. Can I heal him? I should. I have. The, I should have the spell slots for that left. 
you see Janice is attached to his leg, who also, as it gets lifted on the ship, says, Oh, hi, Parker. Good to see you. And then his wife and your mother uh, eventually makes her way up onto the ship by her own means. I have no spells. that I have cure wounds, and that's it. Okay, sweet. I do. I uh, Let me see. Greater, greater restoration. What is that? Hold on. You have restoration? That's awesome. Yeah. Hold on. Sorry, guys. Don't worry, Parker. It's just one arm. I have the other one. Just but a scratch. Merely a flesh wound. Father, what happened to your arm? <laughs> it's merely a flesh wound. It's fine. You see him, like, the fingers beginning to loose on the rope as he just... You see him, at this point, turning more blanched than he normally is. Begins to, like, slip off of it. Can I grab him? Go for it. I grab him. Uh, he lands into your waiting arms. A little bit slippery on the left side, but looking up to you. Ah, Parker, that was that was nice. Uh, um, there was a creature, and it took a cello. It was my favorite cello, so I hit it with a violin. I didn't realize it, but then it took my arm, and I took the cello. And now we're here. It was a big creature. It looked like a worm with a mouth and a bunch of wings. It was big. I got my cello back. That's all that cares. Uh, as he's in my arms, I will I will pull him closer to me. Um, is there are there deckhands or anything walking by or or people who look like they would be crew to the ship? There are two two Deodovan that were left on the ship as the rest of them have been kicked out. Uh, as they're walking by, I want to grab him or get his attention. You you there? Yes. Uh, are there are there board like rooms on this ship? Of course. This is meant for several days' travel. There's plenty of room for several. I'll, I'll point to my mother, father, and Janice. Can you take these three down below to a room and get them safe, please? He looks up to the Silanara, as if awaiting order. The Silanara looks to you. Do it. It is done. And he looks down at you. All right, I'll get them there. And kind of stoops down to kind of help your, help your father up. Alanya, what would you like to do? Oh, never mind. Oh. <laughs> no, they you already did left. Whole fist pump and everything. Oh. Yeah, I found out I have mass cure wounds, so I can actually hear multiple heal multiple people. Okay. Nice. So I was wondering how many of your people were injured from your mom, dad, Janice, all them. Is he gonna get enough help in his room? If he's still bleeding out of his arm? I'd, I'd assume so. Um. Uh, a basic It's a good health care on this ship uh, The Daredovan looks down Well for us employees We'd actually like a lot more of it We have great vision But you know Trips to the actual doctor is uh, uh, yeah, You gotta pay him a lot It's We don't have the best health care uh, <laughs> Also our doctor uh, You kicked him off the ship So um, unfortunately we also don't have that Um so, I mean, I can bring him below deck. It looks like he's not long for this world anyway, so I'll make him comfortable for his last few moments. I feel like we could cast Cure Wounds on him. I have enough spell slots for it. There is a healer that you guys do know of that is on the ship. Just a hint. Anybody? Who? Relic. Oh, duh. Oh, my God. Relic's a healer? 
Yes! Yeah. Yes! He healed you! He healed Cruz! He's been your... Like, it, out of curiosity, is Relic an alchemist? Yes! Yes, he is! I had it pegged. Yes! <laughs> I thought he was well done, sir! Is he, so, is he a, uh, so he's an artificer alchemist. Is he um, uh, also multi-classing uh, cleric? Yes, yeah. you pretty much have him pinned. Yeah, I got well it. Well done. I got it. I'll, um, okay, I'll look at the worker and I'll tell him, like, send Relic down there. The big turtle, you can't miss him. I was about to say, who's Relic? I don't, I don't know none of you. I, the turtle, okay. yes. He, kinda, he, st <laughs> he literally stands there, looks around, sees Relic right now off the other edge of the ship, like, looking down. Hey, turtle. This guy is about to die. He's, we're going to bring him below deck if you want to go and you uh, heal him. At that, like, Relic turns around. Who's about to die? He starts, like, making his way over here really fast. Got his, got his kind of gimp over here. Uh, and he gets to you, Parker. Uh, are you trying to, like, release your dad down, down there, or are you going to leave him in the care of Relic here? Um, since Relic's here now, I'd rather see my father, like, taken care of right here before he gets you know taken down to a room that I don't know where it is so I have to wander around this airship for a while and figure it out surprise option three flinging him down the stairwell there there is always that guys I'm cancer free push downstairs ah uh, he almost made it as relic walks over old Parker will look up relic my father's lost his arm and he's bleeding profusely if you could do something. Immediately, you see him throw down his his pack that you've seen him have, open it up, grab one of the uh, vials that he had given you guys previously, the one that he specified very steeply to you, that is are very expensive and very rare. Um, twisting the top off, throwing it onto a, uh, a quick needle tip, you see your father at this point finally blanch and like fall limp and he takes it and he just stabs it right into the stub of the arm and almost immediately you see his eyes perk back up you see the wounds quickly kind of twist and stop bleeding and you see him look up at you parker ah that hurts i feel better now i feel like i could pull through okay my i saw a white light parker you weren't there but my wife was Honey, I love you. You were almost the last thing I saw before I died. Yeah, you're definitely fine. <laughs> <laughs> of course I am. I'm a prax. This takes a lot to keep us down, you know. All right, all right. This gentleman, Father, this gentleman here will take you down below to a room. Uh, take Mother and take Janice. All right, well, I thought you were going to lean into that with stories of assassins trying to kill you and various fracture beasts, but whatever. And then you see him stand up with the Deodovan and then beginning to make your make their way down below deck. Takes a lot to kill a Prax. Remember that, Parker. Oh, I do, Father. I do. Very good. And when Parker turns around, is going to be, like, right behind him and say, you wanted to talk. Yes. When we first met, you mentioned briefly that you have a schematic, a, a recipe, per se, for something that can kill gods. No, um, in, in, kind of. Like, in the journal I'd found, it said the go to kill the gods, and I haven't f finished transcribing it. I haven't had the time. 
Do you need a hand? I mean, if you can read Elvin. Shouldn't have dropped out of Bardic Community College. <laughs> that was next semester, too! <laughs> Ancient Elvish. 101. <laughs> I will laugh so hard if you could read it. Elvish lines and limericks. Trying to find my list of languages I know. Flirtatious Elvish. Flirtatious <laughs> Elvish. Now wait, is there a difference between normal speaking Elvish and flirtatious Elvish? Or does it all just kind of sound the same? Are you a bard? <laughs> well, yes, I am. One no. is, hey, I'm fluent in Elvish. One is, hey, I'm fluent in Elvish poetry, which has an entirely separate inflection. Hmm. Parker knows Elvish. I, I know two languages, halfling and elvish. In oh. common. Oh, yeah, obviously. All right. Um, yes. Um, I forgot I knew elvish, but I know it. You just hear Parker speak back to you. <laughs> Sweet nothings in elvish. Uh, well, okay. Uh, in, in, as, as Alanya says that, Parker will in elvish... Elvin. Enough to get by. <laughs> Elvin, I apologize. <laughs> and then Alani's gonna look back at him and say, um, in Elvin, all right, then follow me. And I'm gonna look at Relic and kind of like nod for him to follow me. Oh, yes, I speak 11. Isn't he busy? Uh, is he busy? <clears throat> What's he doing? Yeah, Relic is leading, I mean, he was leading his dad who's missing the arm down into the, the bay. Oh, right. I thought he already healed him and then walked off. Okay, never mind. I will just walk with Parker and find a room that's private to dump my bag in. Okay. Uh, as you two begin to wander around the ship trying to find uh, an extra room, Gaskar, Cruz, Humval, what are you all doing? Cruz has given up on looking for his sword, so he is looking for all the scrap metal he can find. I mean, there's a lot of random pieces of sword and shield and... Uh, broken pieces of armor on a bunch of dead people that are like right there. He is collecting as much as he can. The the dragonborn's collecting his hoard. Yeah, I'm 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 looting iron and steel and whatever else I can. Okay, please roll a please roll a perception check. Uh, that is a natural fourteen. So with perception, that is a so that is an 18 for perception. 18. Okay. Well, you see several guards who have been slain, uh, their bodies strewn about in kind of the the front area before the entire line of guild members and such. You see six guild members, three of them of Cret, four of them of Frenthia. Uh, they have died previously close to there, look like by a gaping maw. Uh, but they all have metal weapons kind of laying near their hands. Uh, one of them has a large, like, steel, excuse me, full plate armor, set of full plate armor on them. And, uh, yeah, no, they're there. Creatures are kind of moving up and around them still, but, you know, they don't seem to be interested necessarily. Are you going to run and grab it? Um, how near are those creatures? Uh, they're passing within about 15 feet of the bodies. I'm going to swoop down and grab them and then fly away as po- as fast as I can. Uh, the bodies or the swords or the weapons? Uh, the weapons. 
Okay. Uh, swooping down, you're easily enough able to grab several of them. A great axe, two long swords, and a halberd. Those are what those had. All right. Where's Jerry and Gaskar? Gaskar has asked Jerry to come back into his pen for now. And Gaskar is intently focused on just kind of like barking out orders about, you know, what to do in order to keep the ship moving and such like that. And if you're looking, actually, can I ask you to roll a perception check? <laughs> there you go. Uh, my perception check is, ooh, 21. Okay, that, that definitely would, uh, I think, pass. Um, you see like that, that ridge of fur that go that's on animals and such um, when they're angry and ticked off or scared or whatever, that is totally standing up on end on Gaskar at the moment. So he's very either perturbed or scared. I'm still going to land next to him and say, all right, I need the mobile uh, found uh, the mobile foundry. Now, what do we call it? Okay, when you first just suddenly appear landing next to Gaskar unannounced, uh, there's now a rifle barrel in your face. I'm just gonna push it off the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I need Jerry and the uh, Mobile Forge. After I know it is clear of your face, I do pull the trigger. <laughs> Crack! Shock rings off right next to your ear, Cruz. It deafens you for a moment. It hurts. I'm going to stick a finger in my ear and wiggle it like, ah, all right. Feel better? No. What do you want? The mobile forge and Jerry. No. Uh, what? I'm not busy at the moment and I need to fix my sword, so. That's the problem. Go man that valve. Um, no, there's other people for that. Nope. Nope, I I need six people, and you're one of them. Now go man that valve, or we don't take off. Where are we going? Not here. Where Where's Alanya? Where's Alanya at? That's a good question. I wish you would man that valve over there. But for now, I need you to man that valve. I'm going to walk away and start looking for Alanya. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> oh no! I, I, I'm I'm just walking around looking for Alanya right now. <laughs> so Gaskar, at least right now you have three people manning out of the six positions. You have the two Deodovan and Xanadu, at least for the time being. Xanadu, go talk to your son. <laughs> <laughs> Having heard, <laughs> having heard that. I forgot about that. Cruz, <laughs> <laughs> young man, get over here and man that foul. I'm going to turn him and be like, I am older than you. I am your father. You do what I say. <laughs> I am your emperor and you do what I say. Emperor, father. I'm going to... You act like I'm kicking rocks, but I don't want to. And I'm going to start. <laughs> we need to get off of this ground now. 
fine. And I'm going to walk over and do it. Uh. We'll get ice cream later. <laughs> that makes four. Oh I want to make a sword. <laughs> By any chance, do I see any of our other party members? Uh, looking across, uh, you two have disappeared. Uh, Humval, you, your crew, are they still on the deck? Um, most of my crew is on the deck. A couple of them have absconded uh, down below. Which makes sense. Uh, you see the rest of Guild Lafta as well, who have boarded the ship at the last second uh, when Blue Darts jumped on. And you see Tom Tibia. Wait, Tom Tibia? Yeah, no, he's there. That, you see the fur on Gaskar's back just raise a little bit more. <laughs> um... <laughs> There's, uh, it seems as though there are several bodies who are right now just kind of bows drawn. You see, um, uh, Isgaranthon taking, uh, excuse me, you see Dunma taking pot shots at several of the, uh, uh, the winged maws as they're kind of flying into the city, just seeing if he can hit one. You do see him clip the wing of one from about 150 yards with his longbow. Hey, blow darts, you want a better shot? Man that valve over there and get one of your friends to man the other one immediately to your right. You see him look at you. Call me Duma and I'll do it. Umba will go over to the valve mentioned that was meant for uh, blow darts and be like, don't you dare. Do not give in to him. I, I, I actually make contact with with Umba. I'm like, you know, it takes me back to when what we did with Cruz. I like it. Uh, I'll sell swords on deck if you'd like to listen to Gaskar for the time being. I have in my possession a handful of diamonds, one for each of you. Immediately they scatter to you, Gaskar, immediately. Oh, so I, I have lackeys. <laughs> a goliath, a half-elf, a human, uh, and the rest are below deck. Sure. I, I was like, all right, all right, cool. Yes. Okay. You go over there, you go over there, and when I shout out Steam, I need you, and I just start giving out, like, a, a list of orders, um, giving some quick training, and I hand each person a sphere that has kind of, like, the recordings of, like, you know, how to operate their station. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Okay, little, little audiobooks on what to do. Very good. And I, I turned then to um, the Silanara. You have any idea of where is even remotely good for us to go? As he's kind of pulling on one of the uh, one of the valves, begins to hiss this long note of steam. He looks back at you. As he kind of cranks the valve, he looks at you. Well, uh, I'll probably take them all to Halton. It's not too far from here. It's one of the other fairly large cities. I think it'll be able to hold the people for a few weeks. But after that, I don't really know entirely where we're going to go. Mm. But for now, Halton, it's uh, about a three days journey north. Oh, on foot. Uh, I imagine we are getting there a tad faster on this. I look up and I 
uh, try to observe the motion of clouds. I imagine this is a pretty fairly difficult thing since this is uh, not exactly a skill I've had any practice in, but I won't, I'm- Make a nature check. Yeah. <laughs> I will also make a nature check. Okay. Oh, that ain't great. Uh, 11. Um, there's wind, but with the wall of wind next to you, it's hard to tell where everything's moving. 17 with a natural 8. Um, it's, the wind is pushing north, uh, towards where Halton would be. It's really hard to tell which direction that we should be trying to catch the wind because of that stupid tornado that, that well-meaning idiot is making. Yes, God. Mm, yes. Turn the sails to the north, right? The wind. Yeah. All right. And you see Gaskar go over to what I imagine is the wheel and do so. All right. The massive balloon has two wires running from the front end to the bow of the ship and from the back end to the stern. And as you turn, the wires kind of adjust themselves and turn the whole balloon that way. The propellers in the back begin to kind of pick up. And are you attempting to take off? Mm-hmm. Make a tinkering check, please. Well, well, that's almost an auto pass these days. Just want to make sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I rolled a nat twenty <laughs> with a crit net <laughs> with a plus twelve at the moment. <laughs> Thirty-two. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. <laughs> what? <laughs> Yeah, uh, one of my um, artificer infusions is armor of tools, and oh, that's right, that's right. <laughs> it allows me to add all. It, it, yeah, yeah. Understanding exactly how this ship works, you all <laughs> don't even feel it, but the ship rises off the ground. You click the pillow. You click the pedal at the bottom right that you didn't even have to remember what it did or know because you knew exactly. And as that, the landing gear clicks up into the bow of the ship and you turn and begin to ride the wave using the force of the vortex behind you even to your advantage to make the smoothest ascent into the air as could have been possible. (laughs) Well done, sir. Well done. I, I flip whom via credit stick. <laughs> it's got it's got a two hundred credits on it. Give your credits. Instead, hand me Castillo's box for the time being. I wish to play with it. <laughs> Ooh, two hundred credits or Castillo's box. On second hand, give me both. I <laughs> give my previous uh, bargaining tool. I acted in haste. I would like both, please. I ignore him. <laughs> no box? No box or credits? No box. <laughs> no, I, I still threw, I threw you the credits. <laughs> uh, I want the box, Gaska. I'll give you the box when we get to town. Let's get to town. Can you please not give me another headache until we get to town? As long as I get the box at town, I can live with that. I will give you the box in town. I want you to examine the fact that we are in a ship that is riding with balloons as the a portion of our main flotation. 
We've had flying sharp things come out of the box. <laughs> <laughs> Can't imagine how that could possibly end well. This is actually a note of wisdom on your part, Gaskar. I commend you with your insight. I also, uh, if you want to have more reliable helpers, you will have to, as they say, pay to play with my cell swords. I, under- I understand. Uh, as if on cue, the three have now returned to you, uh, hands outstretched. To me or to Humval? Uh, one to you and one to Humval. Where'd the third one go? That's a good question. Where did the third one go? Would you like to make a perception check? Absolutely. Okay. I hand the one that came to me 50 credits. Oh, two, two have come to you. Oh, two came? I thought one went two? to... Elliot. No, two came to you. Oh. One of them is missing. Okay, fine. I give I give them each fifty credits apiece. Like, okay. Alright, I this is so I got to really give at the moment. There you go. They nod excitedly. And then go back to their posts. Elliot, what was your perception check? Nineteen. With a nineteen, you look up and you see button. Uh, oh, no. At the moment, he is all like right over both of you, hand over hand, leg over leg, going down the wire that connects the balloon to the back end, and he looks like he's eyeing Gaskar. Uh, Gaskar, Button currently has the aerial advantage on you, and he needs to be paid off right now. I've just hold up a fifty dollars credit stick and. Just hang my head in shame. Actually, no. I extend it out on the the tip of my rifle <laughs> to to get it up closer, but kind of menacingly. <laughs> uh, button goes down, and as you reach it out in the barrel of your gun, you see Button open his mouth, no tongue, no teeth, and literally bite down on the cred stick and slowly pull it out of the barrel of the gun, eyeing you mischievously. And then climbs back up into the nest. And I, I turned to them like, this is what I've got until we get to town for you. <laughs> they look to Hoomval and begin to kind of chuckle to themselves as they walk away. They high five on the way down. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gaskar, danger averted. Button did not kill you. That's great. All right, well, with the ship successfully lifted, flying, hovering above uh, what is Hopal, Alanya Parker. Does Alanya hear the ship start to take off? I know she doesn't feel it, but she, does she hear it? No. Not really, no. Okay, this is going to be fun. Are your D&D games feeling stale, plain, or downright boring? Upgrade them today with beautiful landscapes, terrifying dungeons, wholesome inns, and vast forests. Draw your players into your own personal fantasy world with Auchenforge. Auchenforge.com provides hundreds of preloaded items for you to mix and match to fully customize your worlds. Use promo code CRIDNIT to get $5 off your purchase today. That's CRIDNIT. C-R-I-T-N-I-T. Hey everybody, this is Chris Cornish, your audiomancer for Critnit. 
I just want to take a little time out to ask you to do a couple of things for us. Find us on Twitter and follow us if you haven't already. We are at crit underscore n underscore it. Also, if you could please leave us a rating and review on iTunes or Google Podcasts or wherever else that you find us, it would help other people find us and get the story out to others. And speaking of the story, let's hop back into it. Parker and Alanya, uh, you begin to look for a place on the ship to begin your research. Uh, where is it that you begin to look? Parker. Yes, Alanya. What do you think about raiding the captain's quarters? Uh, you would see a big, shitting grin come across Parker's <laughs> face. And... <laughs> I like that. That sounds wonderful. I'm going to grab his hand. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> Start running. And we run off. You don't have to run terribly far as you're on the deck of the ship. And the captain's quarters, you could surmise by all of the, mainly you, Parker. You've, like, read about ships just in general and seen, like, you know, like those music sheets, which kind of, like, have the little pictures on them, too. They have, like, a ship. You can really kind of see the captain's quarters, usually at, like, the, the back of the ship, underneath the stairs and all that. Also, the big double doors that also say captain's quarters on the top of it uh, might also be helping you tell where they are. Uh, a little helpful. The massive copper double doors... Once you get to them, are locked. You said they're copper. Yes. Are you gonna heat metal the? <laughs> yeah. It's a soft metal. It'll just break the lock. <laughs> I'm realizing in a world made out of metal, how bad heat metal is for it. Yes. That's super good. Okay. Well, casting heat metal on the lock. Or the the area around it, it begins to glow fairly white hot. What are you going to use to try to open the doors? The the lock is glowing and fairly malleable, but you still have to. Oh, I'm just gonna kick it open. Roll strength check. <laughs> that is a 18 <laughs> minus one 17. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Parker. Walking up to this door and just trusting the lock, like the door handle, it's locked. By the time you take a step back and kind of a thoughtful look, Alani has already placed her hands against the door. Suddenly it glows like bright white and then just Spartan kicks the thing open <laughs> and it shatters forward. White hot metal just, just kind of like bouncing around in pieces. Alanya, that looked amazing. <laughs> That, that was actually pretty cool. And the way is open. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go. Um, the, so the, when we enter the room, the first thing Parker wants to do is start looking for, like, a bookshelf? Anything that looks like it has papers, documents? Okay. Well, entering into the room, the general layout of the room... It has a, like, the whole thing, the ground is made of copper. There's a very large rug that right now is kind of extending from a few feet inside the door all the way to the back towards a large wooden desk. Uh, the carpet right now is beginning to catch fire from the molten pieces of metal. Uh, but other than that, you do see the, uh, the several bookshelves on the left and the right. There's three of each lined with books. Uh, it's got a couple small things. You see another globe, actually. Beyond that, the, the desk at the moment has a, a fresh 
uh, pot of ink, quills, uh, various writing utensils of all kind of shapes and sizes, a seal, wax. Uh, oh, in the back uh, kind of wall of it is just covered in these large paned windows with kind of these, these copper inlays in between all of the glass. Very beautiful. And the rug's on fire. I'm going to start stomping the rug out. What's a view? Huh? Oh, <laughs> I was just going to hit it with prestidigitation, so. Okay, uh, prestidigitation, the rug turns green. No, the, oh, that's not what I was thinking of. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Sometimes you forget what your spells do. Now, it, it smells sweet, musty. A small bird begins to chirp in the middle of it. Crap, that's not the spell I meant to cast. <laughs> I'm going to, like, roll around on the grass. <laughs> um, on the other hand, it does smell like burnt fruit in here now. <laughs> I will I will assist in stomping out the fire. Okay. Oh, is the fire still going? Or? Stomping out the... F- or is it, is it a rug just grass now? Did you say grass? Oh, no, he turned it just green. It just... Oh, I thought you meant green like grass. Oh... <laughs> No, he just turned it green. That's what prestidigitation. He turned one like section of it green. Oh, oh yeah. Then we'll stomp it out. And made it smell like fruit, and made it tweet like a bird, because he could remember what spell he's casting. Is it is it screaming like a bird now though? Because it's on fire. Sure. As you're just rolling around on it at this point, <laughs> thinking it was grass, but is also just putting it out. Parker, you're stamping out the last ones as this. <laughs> Just this terrified bird is just now foofing out and then eventually fades to nothing. Uh, the rug might be salvageable if you just deep clean it and stitch it back together a bit here and, and maybe there and, and maybe there too. But uh, it's fine. Uh, Parker, you said you were looking for bookshelves. <laughs> the rug was ugly anyway. I'm going to search the captain's desk. <laughs> okay. Roll investigation. Get my metal dice. I would like to do that as well. Okay. That's an 11 plus. Roll as well. Dang it. You said investigation, yes? Yes. Oh, yeah, no, that's a straight 11. Jeez. Dang, I got an 18. Okay. Good, good. Nice. That's what matters. Okay. Elanya, you find on the desk all the various things that just kind of uh, are on top of it. Parker begins to kind of rummage through the actual like drawers of it of which there's kind of one on the right one on the left and this big one underneath of it sliding it out parker you find a bunch of documents you find the deed to the ship you find a just menagerie of ledgers where the ship has gone what cargo it has what the crew's names were who they picked up where they picked up where they dropped off you find a official kind of sealed letter uh, the seal's been broken, and opening it up, it details a letter directly to the captain of the ship that uh, Commander Deathton was on his way, and that he was going to be using the ship to personally view the downfall of the Reinhardts on the, the date listed below, uh, and to make sure that the ship was, was ready for his visit. Beyond that, you find a small box that almost looks like a present or a gift of some sort, uh, still wrapped with a bow on the top, and you find a key. Well, the name of the ship should also be on the deed then, though, yeah? It was, yes. Oh, okay. So Parker's going to grab the key and anything that's paper. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, there's 
There's a lot of it. And then everything else, after dumping like the drawers out onto the top of the table, everything else he's going to like single arm sweep everything else onto the floor. Okay. And he's gonna look over to Lanya. I, I believe there should be enough space here. I think you're right. And I'll start like putting like papers out and. All right. You still have those like three backpacks of papers. Do you? produce those as well or are those something that you're going to put to the side as well well i might as well dump them out because i also have papers from the deodovan building too oh yes and the journal are you trying to keep these separate or are you guys going to start mixing lore in a way that i'm going to have to start rolling dice as to what piece of information you come across from who i won't dump them immediately i'll just kind of set them on the table okay and then dump them out got it nope, no no <laughs> okay uh well setting setting the papers on the table alanya you yours and the the pages that uh parker that you have there there's a lot of them so your stack measures quite a lot larger than uh than alanya's though but uh i don't know what do you what do you guys start looking at first uh now that i have the time i'm gonna sift through mine okay and is there any any information in particular you're trying to find or piece that you're trying to study. I want to know if they know and if they are out for revenge for the Reinhardts because of them stealing their Magitech technology. I want to know if they remember. And these are and you're pulling this from the papers that are just all, from the desk itself? No, from the ones I pulled from the fracture from Mist and Sweat. Ah, perfect. Okay. All right. Well, Roll another investigation check to see how fast you're able to sift through these papers to find the information you want. That was a nine. Almighty, almighty 20s are bad luck tonight. I just used three different ones, or I guess one was good luck, but... <laughs> okay. Well, uh, taking 11 minutes to try to sift through the papers, you're able to find a, a kind of... What would it even be called? I see it in my head, but it's a... Like an order, and the order is back to kind of the 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 crew. Jeez, the order is given to the crew um, that are going down in the fracture in order to begin the research. And as much as it doesn't necessarily directly call out the Reinhardts for stealing the Magitek, you can tell that the visceral writing of it. Uh, has deemed that of this like 15 person crew five of them are down there strictly to keep eyes on the Reihards. anything they see hear, touch or discover so as to make sure that they never surpass us it's more not really pointing out exactly why but it definitely points to a much uh, closer eye from the deodovan on to the reinhardts i guess it's not not a terrible answer to the question but is there anything saying how they knew that what the date was of the new fracture forming ah that there is using what you'd find as a small diagram the diagram depicts this small device that seems to be more or less like a Magitech drive. And you see it have almost like this, this faded line in one of the diagrams. And it shows on like a, a small other map or pseudo map being drawn on it, the small device and having these lines kind of like 
attach to these cities and having it almost like attached to these areas and below it written in dwarvish do any of you speak dwarvish i highly doubt it no i no i speak druidic elvish and common okay well in this as as these notes are kind of written in this pseudo elvish and dwarven kind of mismatch in this particular area there's a lot of things pointing to it not a lot of explanation you're able to pull from it uh, you can imagine it has something to do with whatever this device is because at the bottom is written today's date i want to fold this specific page with all this dwarvish writing and keep it separate for when i do find somebody who speaks dwarvish perfect all right uh parker while she's been looking for this information what are you digging for parker wants to sift through any mentions of i know lanya has kind of discovered that the the hearts of the guardians are like what are needed to kill the gods but i want more details on that um like a like a deeper dive like a how the whole process works from start to finish Ooh. okay so are you going to request the journal in particular for this endeavor that will be in her journal specifically it would be in the the book that she got from the from the merchant, yes. Um, then yeah, I'll I'll like nudge Alanya. Uh, you had you had a book that I was interested in. May, may I see it? Yes. Just do me a favor and just be very careful with it. And while you look at it, I'm gonna ask for help, and I'm gonna pull another magitech i'm gonna like dunk the magitech drive out of my harness on my back i'm gonna finally like knock it off and i'm gonna pull another one out sit on the desk and i'm gonna pull walter back out of the pendant okay and i'm gonna look at parker and say i want walter to help guide us through these notes because i believe he was there when a lot of these were written and i'm gonna kind of look at him Okay. In a bright blue flash, Walter suddenly appears on the ground, immediately sniffing the air, making sure there's no danger. He relaxes, looks at you, hears what you say, and I can take a look. And Parker, he kind of like pads up next to you and kind of like stretches his neck to try to like look over your shoulder. Can he speak to Parker? If I give him like, does he have to have permission to speak to Parker? Does Walter talk? No, I thought that was a telepathic connection between her and Walter. It's tell, yeah, it's all telepathic. Then no. Okay, I'll have to translate what Walter says. Meow 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 meow. Meow meow. What a love, wonderful meow. <laughs> okay. You know what that reminds me of? Lola brought it up actually a little bit ago, but um, not another D and D podcast with a. Uh, God, what's his name? The possum that they have as a pet. Papa. Papa. Yes. <laughs> that, oh, that is so much like the possum noise. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what that reminded me of. Yes. <laughs> no, my God, we have our own Papa. <laughs> this whole time, that's what Walter's been sounding like to everyone else. Oh my gosh. Cannon. See, actually, actually, Alania, what you always imagine is just a, a telepathic bond is still like Walter still has to say everything. So he just sounds like he's talking to himself the whole time, but you're still hearing him. Oh, that'd be funny. Nope, nope. But anyway, uh, goofing around aside, 
Parker, roll an investigation check to see what you find within these notes. Mind you, this is a thick tome. Probably pushing more than a hundred... Jeez. More than a thousand pages. Goodness, Sawyer, what small books have you been reading in your life? This book's so big, it has like 23 pages in it. <laughs> uh, that's a 13 for investigation. 13 for investigation. All right. You read Elvish, correct? Right. Yes. Okay. This is hard to read. Like, really hard. Because as you're beginning to read through it, this is Elvish that hasn't been used in about 200 years. And this is ancient Elvish. You would have read this mainly in, like, the uh, the names of the songs and the, the epics that you were forced to uh, learn over at your, your bard college. Uh... However, it didn't really go much deeper than that. There were some lyrics, but not a heck of a lot. And even then, lyrics are like, you know how they are, floofy and, and you know, representative and all this stuff and don't really mean what they mean. And so reading through this, you're catching things of like, and then the apple went to the pear. What does that even mean? But then reading through it, it was like, oh, and the heart was to the eye. I understand. A little bit difficult. But working your way through it, you get to get about 15 to 20 pages in, you're able to begin to see the breakdown of this, where this was a, this was a elf living most likely in Greenwood. They're almost like conglomeration of their, all their knowledge that they are like the research, all of their, their lifetime research on this particular issue. And beginning to read through it, you're beginning to see a little bit more in detail the way the world works. Mainly, the belief of the Alquariums. You're able to deduce that pretty pretty easily, kind of reinforcing that that's what this book does, in fact, detail. Uh, the Alquarium is the source of Adronis' like, power um, and the source of magic in the world. Moving beyond that, that the gods and the Alquariums are somehow connected, whether that be by you know, innate connection to just having them made Adronis um, or them having, uh, you know, just just been part of the creation process is not really detailed in this first section, but just kind of establishing the big talking points of, of this particular tome and then getting to the interest of the Guardians. Uh, the Guardians here being addressed as the epitome of the God's creations something that represents them more than just in their power, but in their... And it was an interesting word that was kind of described to them, and it was in their amalgamation. These, these creatures were designed to represent that. Uh, but after about 20, 20 minutes of getting through that, that's about all you're able to do before time is starting to... You know, you got about 10 more minutes before the meeting comes, so... Uh, you can continue on in seeing what more you could deduce if you'd like. Walter has been over the court, over your shoulder, watching the whole time. Alanya, is there anything you'd like to do now that he's kind of overlapped with his research? So I'm gonna pull out this. It's a book that of stories my father had told me in my childhood that I have like written down into a book to remember. So I'm gonna go through this because I feel like a lot of his stories had some type of like theme if that makes sense 
So I'm going to see if he has any cryptic messages. Like, my father's apparently very cryptic, so I want to know how more, much more cryptic he is. Okay. Well, flipping to the beginning is the story of the foxes and the rabbit. In the story, as you'd recall, in, it's interesting. As you begin to read this, you also see Walter focused on the other book. You see his eyes do kind of like dart to you as you begin to kind of read this. Um, do you do read it out loud? Yeah, because I want Parker to because I want Parker to hear this as well. Okay, well, Parker, right about where you get to the end of right when you get to the end of the prologue, Alanya begins to re- regale a story from another book she has she is taken up. In the story details this, and Walter gives you your full attention now. Story of two foxes. One fox ran around the forest eating berries. The other fox ran around the forest eating meat. The fox that ate the berries one day ran across a small rabbit. And in this, the small rabbit in him had a little bit of a race. He had no interest in eating him, and after making quick friends, the two became very close. Eventually, the rabbit wound up having a family. And it took for a little bit for the rabbit to eventually find a good home while the other fox stalked. Anytime the fox would come around, the fox that ate the berries would tell the fox that ate the meat that there was nothing to be had around here. And they would go off in another direction. Eventually, though, there was one day when a rabbit was caught too far out from where the hollow was where they lived. And the fox that ate the meat smelled it. Eventually, a chase ensued. The fox that ate the berries saw the small rabbit in trouble and ran to intercept. The small rabbit made its way down deep into the tunnels, and the fox that ate the meat came and was beginning to sniff and find its way around where the rabbit had escaped to. But the fox that ate the berries went to the front of the hollow and said there was nothing there. He had searched this area many times. There was not a rabbit to be found. Eventually... He knew that his brother had been lying. And the two began to fight. And in the brawl, both the fox were destroyed. But when the rabbit came back out, she saw just for the briefest moment the spirit of her friend, the fox that had ate the berries that gave his life to save him, eventually bound off into the forest, never to be seen again. It was a lovely story that your father used to tell you as a story of self-sacrifice and a story that would kind of exemplify what does sometimes happen in nature, where something good gives its life to protect what it loves. You come to the end of the story. Alanya, when you asked me if I knew Elvish, I didn't know it was going to be a weird dialect. This, this is rough. <laughs> You're telling me. Also, the, the story you just told, the, the ending with the, the spirit, it sounds to me vaguely like a divineling. Which part? When the, the fox that eats berries sacrificed himself, the rabbit saw his spirit. That could be the soul of the divineling exiting the vessel and finding another. Hmm. I wonder what significance this has. I just don't understand who the fox that eats meat could be. I'm going to look at Walter. Uh, you see Walter actually avoiding your gaze. Walter? You see him kind of like sheepishly look up. What do you know? 
What do I know? I don't. It's. Um... I'm gonna kneel in front of his face now and like kind of grab his white scruff, like around his his jaw, like nicely, but like for rubbing it, like scratching it, and be like, "What do you know?" Hey, 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 hey! That's not fair. That's not fair. That's not fair. All right, all right. Well, what I do know is you left out at least one part of the story. At least you forgot to write it down. What part? The the colors. The colors of the eyes. The fox that ate the berries had these, like, beautiful, like, like reddish eyes. But, like, like, light red. The fox that ate the meat had these deep red eyes. It was just a detail that I always remembered from when your father used to tell his story. And it's a detail enough for you to avoid my gaze, Walter. I, I, I like, I like the part, so I, I figured that I'd, you know, add it in, make sure that it was, it was addressed, sometimes. Can I tell that he's hiding something from me, or is he... Roll an insight check. Please. That is a 16. Plus three, so 19. With a 19, you've known Walter for a while, and it doesn't take a lot to see that he's not entirely being forthright with everything. Walter, you're a terrible liar. Your fur stands up right on the back of your neck. You see him, like, bend his head back real quick and begin to, like, lick it down. I don't know what you're talking about. It's fine. Don't worry about it. It's it's just my my old wound acting up. It's just my scar. It's fine. It's fine. It's just... I, I... Sorry, I didn't want to say that it was bothering me, but it's bothering me. What scar? Well, the scar on my side. And you see him kind of, like, turn and, like, show you the big, like, cut down his side that he has. Like, his, his fur is very thick, and so it's not hard to see. But when he kind of shifts in a certain way, you can see that this, this swath where the fur has not grown back since the injury. Where'd you get that? Why is it itchy? Oh, I haven't told you. You're acting very suspicious, Walter. Ah, um, I, ah, uh, it's, I, I got into a fight with a bull when I was a kitten. And you see, I, I, I bit at its tail and then it charged me. And unfortunately, one of the, one of the horns stabbed me in the side. And, and made this really long cut that I hasn't, haven't been able to heal or anything for a long time. And so it's every now and again, though, it just hurts. I've had it since I was a kitten, though. You don't have to worry about it. Uh, it's, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Yes, sorry. I forgot that you... Dekamitabalas. Forgot I what? His wonderful stories and making them. You know, Abalas actually wrote that story himself, right? I did not. Or made that story, really. You wrote it down, but, you know, you know how it works. Hmm. Is it getting warm in here, or is it just me? I think it's just you. Uh, Parker. <laughs> Frack. I can't talk to Parker. Uh, Parker, he, he, Walter just turns to you and meows. Uh, hello, Walter. M- meow. Walter immediately deadpan looks back at Alanya. How dare he say that to me? And my mother! I have known him for, like, a day, and he's all... I've had enough. I would like to go back into my pendant. No. I am sorry, what? No. Uh, Alanya, I'm... 
there's no danger here. There's no reason for me to be out here. It's fine. I just, and you see him like kind of like walk towards the pendant, just like, it's okay. Just let, let me go. It's fine. I will meet back up with you when you need to do more studying. But it, oh, oh, I think it's, I hear your teammates gathering down on the deck. I think you need to go meet with them. I'm going to stop him by putting my hand on his nose and I'm going to say, what was in that journal? It was in the, uh, oh, oh, that journal. Oh, well, uh, that journal. It's old script. I was able to read it. Parker's very slow at flipping pages. Uh, but, you know, satyrs in their comprehension. Not the sharpest. Probably why he was a college dropout. <laughs> Probably couldn't, couldn't take it. You're lucky I can't understand you. Parker, you get this sense that he's insulting you. Even though you don't hear or see anything, you just feel it in the air around you. Okay, you look like you were about to headbutt your mic. No, I was going to say something, but I wasn't. I was debating if I should or not. Okay. And I've debated no. Okay. Well, Walter turns to you and flips you off. Um, now. you. <laughs> Walter. <laughs> and I Eldritch Blast him. <laughs> You're not wrong, Walter. You're just an asshole. <laughs> Ooh, dang! Walter looks at you and smiles. But no, uh, Alanya, the, the journal, it detailed kind of the beginning of the research. I liken it very closely to what Abelas was working on. I'm curious to see if this was... I don't want to say that it was directly written by him, but it was definitely written either by him directly or someone adjacent to him. Someone who knew his work very closely because this was almost exactly the field that he was in. And he spent a very long time in it as well. Uh, uh, to my best of my abilities, I will say that he... The journal right now is beginning where Abelas began himself in his research. In what the Alquiriums are, their relationship to divinelings, the gods, Adronis, all of it. And it detailed pretty closely that he believes that all these things are not only related, but more closely to our grasp than we previously thought. And not in a good way. In a very cautious way. Avalas was always worried that the powers that be around him would continue to find ways to manipulate magic, manipulate power, and find stronger and stronger ways of destroying one another. That was, that was something Abelas worried about. He lived back when Adin and Kenvedesh were fighting. That was a scary time for anyone researching power. Any kind of power, the source of it or otherwise. But we will need to spend more time with this journal when we get the chance, because I feel there is much more to be learned from this. But I also haven't read Ancient Elvis for 200 years. And it's, uh, I'm a bit rusty. I'm going to translate all that to Parker. Roleplay cheating! Okay. <laughs> Parker, the Matrix downloads the information into your head. I know Kung Fu. Walter punches you in the face. I wasn't ready. I know, Tiger style! All right. Well, if we have to meet with our party. Did it say anything about the Guardian's hearts? I'm looking at, at, at Walter. Walter kind of turns back to you. I'm, it was mostly the introduction. I feel that is information that will possibly be detailed later. Very far theory of his, so it might be a smaller footnote in a later chapter, but definitely not something that'd be addressed at the beginning. All right, then you could go back in your pendant if you're so quick 
to want to get away from me. You see him, like, take two steps towards and then stop and turn back to you. Elania, there's a lot of things you don't know. But what you don't know won't hurt you for now. And that is what I was... Everything will make sense when it's ready. But for now... Just just keep looking into your father's notes. Keep, keep looking into all of this. And if I might suggest, get to the fourth level. Abalas himself had some interest in a possible monument somewhere in the world. That might be it. I do care a great deal for you. And as your guardian, I would never try to hurt you. So just know that whatever I say or don't say, I do because I care about you. Because that is, that is who I am and who I was made to be. Okay. I trust you. Good. And he swoops into the necklace. Parker, you still have the book, but it is about that time. I want to put the book down on the table. Okay. Just because I don't want to... I don't want to move critical information from this area. Okay. This is going to be like your guys' study. In like a, yeah. a, a little research lab. Yep. Oh, uh, Parker and Alanya are now study buddies. 10 out of 10, I approve. All right. Is there is there something or anything, Lola, you'd want to say, do, or Alanya? I'm just going to go over everything with Parker. I mean, I'm going to tell him almost everything. I'm not going to tell him the parts of, like... Oh, hold on. Sorry, hold on. There's a cat screaming in the background, so that's going to be on the mic, so hold on. <laughs> um, I'm going to... I'm not going to tell him everything. I'm going to leave out the piece of, like, where Walter told me, like, you don't know everything, but you're going to find out. Like, because I don't know. I feel like that's irrelevant. Okay. But I will tell him, like, everything else. And we can walk and talk to you up to the sh- oh up to the ship unless you separate from me. I'll meet you up there, but I have something else to tend to before our meeting. All right. Be quick about it. Okay. Well, walking away, you go to find Edward. Alanya, maybe in thirty minutes we'll meet, possibly the the main deck of the ship. Okay, I will meet you there. There's also other things we should probably discuss things that need to be talked about. Like what? You can't just be like, we need to talk and then like walk away. This is something the whole the whole group should know. Oh, all right. Well, then I'll meet you on the top deck. Uh, and then Parker will uh, dart off. Okay. Alanya, you return to the deck. Seeing around, you see everybody working hard, except for a bunch of what kind of look like guild members. No, they're definitely guild members. They have the guild member sign of laughter on them. Uh, just kind of chilling on one of the guardrails. You notice a halfling is now, like, up on the rail, like, looking down before a large red-skinned tiefling grabs her very quickly off of the railing and starts scolding her for, that's dangerous, don't do that. Do I see any of my party members around me? is giving orders. You can hear him from the helm, uh, definitely. Uh, Cruz right now. Is, is turning turning valves and Humval is turning valves too. So yeah, you can see him. I'm gonna 
approach Gaskar and see if he needs anything. <laughs> uh, can you roll a perception check as you approach Gaskar? <laughs> what a nature check survives. I got a six plus. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> no. Wait. Okay. Wait. 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 What's your passive perception? Uh, seventeen. Yeah. No. You notice he's 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 very. I, I had it internally set as seventeen. <laughs> Because I figure my 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 ridge line is kind of cut, hidden by armor and such, but can I just like shove some chamomile in his mouth? <laughs> Your mouth is full of flowers now. Don't you feel relaxed? Isn't it soothing? <laughs> yep, relaxing, toxic mongoose chamomile. Gaskar's hand goes to Jerry's pen. <laughs> <laughs> What is wrong with you? Are you okay? No, I am not. Take a breath and tell me what's wrong. Mm. Breathe with me. Mm. Oh, it's very easy. Mm. Your fur is very st- on point. Mm-hmm. Oh, breathe with me. Uh, <laughs> Elania, be careful. He may have the rabies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if I'm quite ready to process the fact that I am the blood of the betrayer. Mm-hmm. Got my eyes on you. Gaskar, if it makes you feel better, I'm recently learning that just because your heritage is one way doesn't mean you are that way as well. Don't let your heritage define you. You're Gaskar. I'm not like going to let it define me. I'm just deciding whether or not I need to kill my mother or not. Who's your mother? That's not like betrayer talk. Hmm. I mean, my name is kind of presents female. <laughs> you do see her also at the bow of the ship, kind of like looking over lazily. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, like she's far <laughs> away from you. I, I'm just like staring. Oh. I don't even make eye contact with Alon yet. I'm just staring daggers that way. Okay. I have a job that I must do because I'm the one who knows how to do it. And it's keeping me from going on a little bit of a rampage. So, if you want to help, you can replace one of Humval's friends that are extorting me for money to turn a valve. Who's extorting you for money? I'm sorry, we're not saving their necks as well. And I'm going to turn towards these people really (laughs) harshly. Okay. (laughs) You turn towards them. Uh, they're, They're all over the place. Where's who? Can I see him? In the same place I was when you came out on deck. Okay, I'm going to definitely, like... Okay, I will, I guess, replace one of them, but we all need to meet together in half an hour. Parker's coming up, and he needs to talk to us. What is going... What's going to take him half an hour? He's going to see his father. Probably. I don't know. I'm assuming that. His father's arm got cut off. Hmm. Ah, oh. Yes. I guess then... That would make for an extended visit. That is a that is a life-changing event. Yes. It's also a life-changing event of your crewmates getting thrown overboard if you keep extorting Gaskar for money when your necks are also being saved. No! No! Who? who? Gaskar. <laughs> don't! Don't even! We are being paid to do a job. You are on a ship that has saved your necks. It'd be cheaper to throw you off. I am about saving money. Hmm. 
stop extorting Gaskar. Now. And I'm gonna get like right up in his face, or I will grab your ears. In the most sensitive spot, and I know where they are. <laughs> hmm. I'm gonna be on my tippy toes at this point. Tweezers in hand. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Tink, tink. Tink, tink. Boom starts eyeing the side of the ship and is contemplating <laughs> hopping off. Mm. I don't think cats can land on their feet this high up. Do not underestimate Humbal. I'm not underestimating your ridiculousness, that's for sure. <laughs> It'll keep you on your toes. Tell you what, Ilania. I will share the money that Gaskar has paid with me to keep my crew from extorting him any further. Thank you. I appreciate it. This once. We'll see. Having a actual working crew on a ship would cost him far more than what my mercenaries are currently taking. Admittedly, they're working for far less of a time, so... You hear Tumblebrook laugh? As I understand it, if we were an actual... <laughs> Lena comes up and nudges you, Humval. He's really easy, you know. It continues on. He didn't even attempt to negotiate. He made no attempts whatsoever. I mean, we didn't even name a price. He just gave us the money, so... I'm surprised Commander didn't come up and be like, pay me as well, and he just hands him more credits. He doesn't, he, he's not even doing anything. He's taking a nap. I am fully aware. That's probably the only reason why he actually didn't come up and ask for it, because, uh, I mean, 50 credits? I was expecting, like, five. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got, like, 10 days of work for, like, nothing. I know. It was great. This was the second time, because you already promised us money. Mm -hmm. Did you have fun in taking advantage of someone's emotions? Both of you? Oh, yes, most certainly. It's amazing. <laughs> I'm going to walk up to the other guy really fast and, like... <laughs> The uh, wood elf woman kind of stands up to you. Yes. I'm just going to glare at her and say, you're not worth my time. Obviously, you look poor enough. And turns and walks away. <laughs> oh, yeah, you knew, girl. <laughs> Do I see this going on? Yes. I pull up the pen. Cherry? Okay. Just behind Alanya. And I push the plunger. Uh, Alanya, from behind, you feel as though a large bonfire has been lit. <laughs> as you're facing this lady down. Do you see my friend Jerry here? Oh, she's already turned and walked away. Oh, oh. Sorry, she dropped, she mic dropped you on that one and left. I'm going to throw a rock at the back of her head, but I don't have any. You got books? You got a, you, excuse me, you do have rocks. You have a whole pile of living rocks. Oh. Oh, oh. Jerry, would you mind, like, I'm, just because I'm petty, I'm going to have Jerry, I'm going to ask Jerry if he can, like, go in front of this elf lady and, like, flare up really hard just to, like, put her in her place. He does it. Okay. <laughs> Hey, Gaskar, roll an intimidation check for Jerry. James, what's Cruz doing? He's turning a valve like he was told. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing what his daddy said. <laughs> you go, son. You turn that knob. I'm so proud of you. <sighs> no, when he sees Jerry flare up, he's going to like whisper to Jerry, Jerry, come here. Jerry, come here. Okay, uh, what kind of in intimidation? 
Intimidation. Um, which runs off uh, charisma. 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 Oh, he's got a minus two to that. <laughs> oh, Ouch. and he rolled a that one. <laughs> critical gambit. Would you like to critical gamble that, sir? I swear to God. <laughs> Would you like to critical gambit, sir? Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. I'll do it. Again. I'll do it. No! Okay, roll it. So roll that beautiful. The last time. <laughs> oh, I rolled a nat 20. Oh, yeah! Yeah! <laughs> I guess it came out better this time. Critical Gambit! Yes! positive. Gotta work sometimes. Yes! <laughs> that is what it's there for, sir. Boom. You've known Lena for, for a, a quite some time. She's always been the one who's unnerved you a fair amount. Doesn't really care and likes to kill people more than anyone else. Very cold-hearted. So when Jerry flares up in front of her and she just kind of looks at him, unintimidated, Jerry looks down, looks at you, Gaskar, and Gaskar, you can feel the anger that you have inside. You literally see the inside of Jerry begin to boil <laughs> and writhe and grow. And Jerry literally becomes a personification of your own personal fury right now. As he expands twice his size and looks down. And you see him almost begin to just envelop Lena ever so slightly. In whom you see Lena take two steps back, hunch down, and kind of like reach for a dagger, but then drop it out of her hand and stop. boy. <laughs> um, Gaska. Mm-hmm. Didn't you say the balloon portion of this thing was volatile? Say two things like fire? You know, I don't know, but I kind of get the feeling that there was enough of a separation there. Well, Jerry's getting very large, and I'm getting very nervous. Mm. (laughs) Good. You and Lena both. Mind your places. (laughs) (laughs) Only for the fact that I know I can survive. The rest of the crew on the ship, not so much. (laughs) I flip open the the door of Jerry's pen and close it and flip it open again just keep doing that which I imagine Jerry is fam- a sound he's familiar with at this point he slowly makes his way over to you the two crescent moons of his eyes not leaving Lena's until finally he swoops into his canister she reaches down picks up her dagger you can still see her like shaking for a second, stealing herself, and then shaking a little bit more and then stealing herself again. Restraps it and just goes back to work. I'm gonna wink at her. She does not look at you. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right. Well played. Well done. Oh man, I can't believe that worked. <laughs> that was insane, sir. That is what the critical gambit is there for. Does not once to twenties. Right, so, you know, the question of the night of whether or not uh, this seeing my finding my die twenty sided up was a good omen or bad. 
Um, mixed results, honestly. <laughs> right? <laughs> I feel like this die is just wanting to be sassy tonight. Like, that's what's going on here. <laughs> sassy dice. I like it. All right. Well, Aji comes up to you, Cruz. Um, excuse me, Cruz. Yes, Adji, it's been a long time. Haven't seen you in a while. I'm glad you survived. Mm, yes, reciprocated. Now, I need your help real quick. Well, I'm kind of manning this valve, and if I go away, then... That's exact. No, that's that's it. I need a job for this one to do. As she looks down at Merdina, who looks up to her, smiling. I need something to make sure she stops getting into trouble. So, um, would you mind if she mans that valve? Uh, before she says that, I'm going to lean down to Merdina and I go, Hey, do you want to help me forge a new sword? Because I lost it in the fracture and we can leave her to man the valve. <laughs> and then I'm going to pat her on the back and say, thanks. And I'm going to take Merdina and go. <laughs> kind of grabbing Merdina by, by her collar and kind of dragging her off. Merdina looks up at you, looks up at Aji and just <laughs> smiles as she shrugs. With a passive perception of 12, do I see that? It wasn't subtle. Okay. Plunger. <laughs> okay. J- Jerry pops yeah. out. Jerry, find out where he's going and don't let him get too far. <laughs> okay. Jerry Jerry flies off in a, a smaller flame. Uh, and Aji looks at you, Cruz. Just keep her out of trouble and away from the railings. I need somebody to hold the tongs. Shh. And w- do I see Jerry coming up? Yeah, it's very hard to miss. Oh, I'm going to hold up the lamp and say, Jerry, want to come with me? He has a lamp. I have that little pen thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes. Okay. I still have the oil lamp and it's still half full. Jerry looks at you and shakes its head. Oh, come on, Jerry. Aww. We're going to have fun. But it continues to follow you. Uh... Well, I was going to go to Gascar and get the mobile forge from him. Oh, well, he follows, and you see uh, Gascar Cruz carrying Merdina with Jerry pointing to them. <laughs> just just like a hand up and pointing to them, like trying to tell you where they are all the time. <laughs> Gascar actually gives a little bit of a chuckle at this. <laughs> Good. Uh, Good. Uh, Cruz? You're in a better mood. I need the mobile foot. Why are you leaving your station? Because there's somebody doing the job. I'm not needed there if there's somebody else doing it. Cruz. Gascar. Don't go far. I'm not going far. Just give me the mobile foundry. Where are you Or the mobile forge. Um, Somewhere to make a new sword. Line of sight. And I hand him the forge. I'm not going far. Jerry, come on. Okay. And I'm going to look at him and make direct eye contact as much as possible. Cruz, I don't have many people I can trust here, and I need to make sure that this ship gets to where we can be safe. Gascar, I can't leave the deck of the ship. Well, I, I can, but I need somewhere safe to work on a, a new sword. I hand him the forge. <laughs> okay. Well, with the forge, where do you just set up on the deck of the ship? 
Yes, I'm going to set up and I'm going to start. Does Jerry go into the forge after I set it up? If Gaskar allows. Yeah. Yeah. He floops into it and begins to, to fire up uh, the coals that are inside. All right. Well, then I'm going to start getting all the metal nice and warm. I'm going to hand Merdina some tongs and I'm going to get to work. Okay. Parker, down below the ship. What are you doing? I'm looking for someone. Who are you looking for? Parker is scouring the airship to see if a certain Edward Ludicius has made it on. Roll a investigation check. Uh, with a natural 16, that is a 21 total. With a 21, you look up on the deck. No one. Looking down in the mid-deck. The, um, the door at the far end with the dual locks has been recently opened and shut, but it is locked. Uh, so the door is locked. Yep. Uh, I'm going to use my warlock at will ability of detect magic. I want to see if anything's emanating magic from the other side of the door. Okay. Focusing you do not feel any sort of emanation from the other side. At least for as far as your warlock can extend. It's unclear how large the room on the other side could be. Uh, then I'm going to try to do what I do worst and pick the lock. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you'd say that. <laughs> Insert silly music here. But... <laughs> Locking pick. What? What'd you get? Uh, 14. 14. You get mostly through the lock. You get to about the third tumbler when you lose kind of weight on the stay of it, and then you hear all of the pins fall back into place. Would you like to try again? Is there anybody in this? Is there anybody around? Is it just me? Uh, you hear from about two doors down into your right, your father exclaiming in fairly loud, uh, a fairly loud voice, that he would very much like his grand piano. Um, <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> so, other than that, there's no one else like really around. No. With a now almost nemesis-like anger toward locks. <laughs> uh, I'll take like three steps back and just Eldritch Blast the lock. <laughs> Roll damage, please. <laughs> lock will take 17 points of damage. The lock explodes in a shower of sparks, molten metal, and the doors kind of, after blasting it, the doors kind of bend in about two inches. I really need to learn how to control that. It's made of metal, right, sir? Yeah. I have a passive of 18 for perception. Yeah, no, you, you hear a, a ring and slight explosion from below deck. I say nothing. With a passive perception of 12, does Gaskar notice that? No. 
It wasn't. It wasn't that, that obvious. Freak Gascar out right now. <laughs> yes, I'm sure it would. Um, Parker enters the room. Okay. Uh, realizing the doors swing towards you, you surmise that you bent the hinges of the doors themselves. But entering into the room, you find it to be a storage room. Around it, you see barrels of supplies, crates lying left to right, and there are several portholes in the back. You can see the propellers kind of thwapping on the outside, going by. It's on top of one of these barrels that you see a familiar black cloak with purple trim sitting cross-legged on it, looking out. I had a weird feeling I'd find you here. That's why I shot the door. (laughs) (laughs) You see his head kind of turn and acknowledge you. That's why you shot the door, huh? I've acquired a new hatred for locks. Well, usually locks are there to make sure that one does not simply wander into something that they're not supposed to be in. Exactly. (coughs) So, then you're obviously here for a reason. I have a theory. He kind of spins on the barrel and faces you still cross-legged. Well, I myself am a man of theories. Do, do tell, dear Parker. What is your theory? For this, I would like headphones off. Oh! Thank you. What is your theory? My theory is that you're no one. You see him put his hands behind his back. My, my, that is quite the theory. Kind of insulting a little bit. I am not no one. I am a man of great name and renowned, actually. No, don't play your tricks on me. Tricks? My dear Parker, you have just been at the end of a very long and arduous moment. I can't imagine you're thinking very straight right now. Uh, We've recently had a conversation with the Silvered Shade. (laughs) Oh? (laughs) And, um, excuse me, um... Oh, and what did he have to say? When I mentioned the Silver Shade, how, what did his demeanor change at all? Yes, in his voice and his body language shuddered for a little bit. Well, if you are who I think you are, then he does not like you. <laughs> what do you mean he... he... He, and I know he hunted you down through the fracture... Hunted me down. I haven't even been in the fracture. I attempted to join the guild, as I said, but that's why I've hired you all. I myself not allowed in. If I if I had been in the fracture, then I wouldn't need you all. Don't play me a fool. Your crystals, the teleportation. It it would explain, or it would give you a way to travel through the fracture levels undetected by the Silver Shade. (laughs) 
I've sponsored you and offered you my gifts, and I can't be but dumbfounded to think that you are accusing me of being somebody of such power. You do realize that the gods are dead, right? They have been gone for a very long time, my dear friend. Not yet, but one last thing. Your necklace. (laughs) What of it? How are you wearing it when it almost killed Gaskar? One simply needs to know the enchantment in order to properly utilize it. Can I make an insight check? Please do. Dang, only a 13. He seems... He could go either way. Honestly, he doesn't seem like he's telling the full truth, but also doesn't seem like he's blatantly saying a lie. It is unfortunate, then. Going says hi, (laughs) Going. (laughs) The old god of songs says hi. What, do you talk with him? There's no way to cast Eldritch. What else can I do? Oh, man. I will roll up my sleeves. Okay. And I will go. He has blessed me with a fraction of his power. A small example, and I'll use prestidigitation to shoot, like, sparks on the tips of my fingers. Hmm. You see him hop down off of his barrel and walk right up to you. <laughs> Politrix, Parker. Politrix. You see him bring his hands up, and sparks fly out of his fingers as well. Parker, be reasonable now. And you see him, like, lift up his his uh, sleeves and you see small magitech drive set underneath his sleeve and he flicks it up again I will I will I will I will allow him to examine my my arms yeah but I'm not using a magic drive roll a d20 eight okay perfect and you see him look at you examine you move your shirt sleeves around just make sure that you don't have anything on you all right so you're unique there's nothing to suggest that this power is actually from the gods especially not going that old fart um i would like to at least i would like to describe the event that i had between me and going like the the whole situation and how he like the area that i saw in detail what he looked like in detail and then I guess just how we, how I want to describe that whole scene, the area, and what he looked like. Perfect. After describing the scene, you see him look down at you. Well, perhaps I am mistaken then. Sounds like something my research has pulled up as very much so in the way of going. I'm impressed with you, Parker. You've drawn the eye of an actual god. Well done. Well done. I commend you. There must be something special about you, then. You? Are you still denying my claim of you being no one? (laughs) I would wish that very greatly to be a god. All of us would, I'm sure. But a god I am not. Simply a guild sponsor of the guild of no one. But hey... Since you've apparently gained the eye of Gowang, perhaps one day someone will gain the eye of no one. Well then, I I apologize for bothering you and the door. 
Uh, oh, no worries. I was about to leave anyway. I, I have a small meeting to attend. And then I'll make my way to the deck of the ship. Is it with the rest of your crew? Indeed, yes. Would you mind terribly if I attend? No, you may come along. Wonderful. And he falls in step behind you. And that is where we leave off for this episode. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed. And remember, never stop telling stories. be a whole lot easier if you like sent out a like typed a message because then it'd flash blue on your screen oh yeah i suppose i could have done that but no okay honestly so that might be a good place to end that that's exactly where i was gonna say what (laughs) yeah nope that's that i feel like would be a great wrap-up of an episode yep about 15 minutes of silence how long until i'm done with my weapon days You'll have to find out next time on Critnet. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>